Hey, this is episode number 62, Using Perspective to Gain Poise. Welcome to the Perspective Detective Podcast, where you are joining me on a quest to seek the Lord's perspective and to bridge faith with the life coaching tools that I have gathered and self-help knowledge to find joy and freedom in living in our true identity and in improving our relationships with others. Let's begin. Okay. Hello, my friends. So first off, I have a confession. I don't know if that's the right word. Maybe it's more of a personal over-explanation that I need to make for myself more than I need for you, but saying it anyway. So I've tried to make this podcast a self-help focused and gospel supported podcast, but sometimes, oftentimes, I would rather talk Jesus-centered and like psychology-supported or self-help-supported. And there is a difference, but I just want to formally say I'm releasing myself from any rules that I have to be one way or the other. Because here's the thing, I love both. I love Jesus Christ and the gospel, and I love the scriptures, and I love the words of the prophets, and I also love psychology and brain science and self-help and life coaching and healing methods and all of the many things that I've learned and all the things that have been discovered in the world through human work, as I guess we'll just call it human work. So this is a podcast about perspective and perspective specifically to create a more loving view of the world and ourselves and other people. The more I think about this and this and the mission that I have with perspective, the more I know I can't have perspective without Jesus Christ because he has the ultimate perfect perspective. He knows all of us intimately. And I do truly desire to see the way that he sees and to love the way that he loves and to forgive the way that he forgives and to think that way, the way that he thinks. And I won't ever accomplish that in this life. None of us will. And I'll continue to make mistake after mistake. But I'm committed to keep trying. And I'll do so by learning from the Lord directly and from revelation and from his written words and from his chosen servants. And also from other smart people who may not even know God. Because I believe that truth is found in many places And I find it more powerful when we can bring it together. Um, So I'm just saying all of this because, again, like here's to breaking the rules and living authentically. Sorry, I just had to get that out of my mind. Okay, so specifically podcasts now. Today I want to talk about poise. And I'm not even going to start analyzing if I demonstrated poise just now with that overthinking monologue that I just did. probably not, maybe a little bit. I don't know. Okay. But I'm curious, what do you think of when you first think about the word poise or when you hear the word poise? So to me, I think of a fancy tea party with fancy dresses and fancy tuxedos and pearls and really good posture and maybe pinkies up in the air and um, just formality, I guess, is what I've always thought of with poise or maybe um, elegance or gracefulness. And I'm pretty sure all of that is wrong. Um, Although I did see that the basic definition of poise does say it's graceful and elegant. So I guess I wasn't completely off. But 
I like this other explanation that I found even better. It says, if you're poised, you are in full control of your faculties, thoughts, actions, emotions, and reactions. You're balanced, grounded, ready for action. A poised person exhibits composure and self-assuredness. Okay, I don't know about you, but that is everything that I want. I want full control of my thoughts and my actions and my emotions and my reactions. I want to be balanced and grounded and ready to act. I want to be self-assured and have confidence. This is poise. Guys, I hope you're with me when you say, I want to have more poise in my life. So I want to focus on this idea of emotional and psychological poise as well as spiritual poise. But really, they go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. So To show you a little bit more of what I mean to be poised, let me actually share with you a story of the opposite of poised. And this is my own experience that I had many years ago. So this was back when my husband was in grad school and he really, really wanted an internship at a particular consulting firm. And he had set himself up actually really well to get this offer even before he had started this grad program that he was in. He'd worked really hard and we also did all of the spiritual stuff of fasting and praying and going to the temple and it just seemed like the right place for him. So finally the day came that he went in for his final interview with these people that he had been networking with and again doing all of the world things that you need to do to be able to get a job Um, and I sat home and I prayed the entire time that he was in his interview and then he called me after it was over And he said, I did not get the offer. They told me no. Right there in the interview. They told him no. They didn't even say, okay, we'll get back to you. No, they just told him no. And I lost it. I cried and I cried. And I seriously questioned everything. I was like, does God even care about us? And what are we going to do now? And will my husband ever get a job? It just, it didn't make sense to me. He was perfect for this internship and we had done everything right. And I totally catastrophized this whole thing and threw a major tantrum, um, really just to God. I was alone in my living room and just throwing a tantrum, um, just crying and be like, this is dumb. (laughs) This is not how it was supposed to be. What else were we supposed to do? We did everything right. Um, And then about maybe an hour or two later, tears still hot on my cheeks. My husband calls me again and he says, I don't know what just happened, but they just called me back and said, never mind. We found a place for you. You have the internship. I'm like, I was so confused and elated and grateful, but mostly embarrassed I was embarrassed that I had thrown such a tantrum about not getting my way. And I felt ashamed that I didn't trust the Lord and his plan for my husband and my family. It's like, of course, even if they hadn't called back and had not offered him the internship, we would have figured something out. He's really smart and very capable and has a lot of experience. He would have got another job offer, another internship offer to set him up for something else. And we would have been fine. We're very resourceful. And so it really was a very weird mix of emotions of both gratitude and feeling ashamed before the Lord. I think back to this experience from time to time. And I think about that past version of me. And I see that she just seriously lacked 
choice. And you know what? That's okay. Because I'm learning. And I want to tell you who else lacked poise. Peter. The Apostle Peter. The one who Jesus still called to lead the church after Christ ascended to heaven. You know the story when the soldiers came to arrest Jesus after he had suffered all night in the Garden of Gethsemane? Peter reacted without poise. He reacted um, reactively, I guess, and defensively and cut off the ear of the, of the soldier. And you know what? No one has ever said, let's be reactive like Peter. Let's lash out at people who are doing things that are wrong or doing things that we don't like, even if it's for a good cause, right? Even if we're defending the savior of the world. No, no one has ever said that. Rather, when we hear that story, we focus on the calm manner in which Jesus said, here, let me fix that for you before you arrest me, right? It's okay, Peter. I've got this. Jesus Christ maintained his poise in an intense and highly disappointing situation, even when his body and spirit was totally depleted. How did he do that? This is what we're going to talk about. So in the general conference talk in April just last April 2023, Elder Mark A. Bragg taught us three ways to maintain poise. And I'm mostly going to focus on two of them. Um, But the first is, he said, Jesus knew who he was and was true to his divine mission. So I want to elaborate here. This is really the first step to doing anything well. Knowing who you are. Knowing what your purpose and mission or focus is. For anyone who feels stuck If you feel frustrated, if you're questioning, always start back at this first basic step. Who are you and what do you want? So next, Elder Bragg teaches us, Jesus knew that there was a great plan of happiness. So as far as I've come to learn and have seen evidence of us human folk, this one, this inner knowing of a great plan of happiness, it doesn't always come naturally but rather it is a choice of belief. Do you believe that there is a great plan of happiness? Do you want to believe so? Do you trust that there is? Then finally, Elder Bragg says he knew, Christ knew that through his infinite atonement, all who faithfully yoke themselves to him by making and keeping sacred covenants received through priesthood ordinances will be saved. And I'm just going to leave that one. That one just speaks for itself. So looking at my own life again, I get plenty of no's, so to speak, from God. It's like when my husband got a no about that internship. There are still plenty of times that I work hard for what I want. And I do all of the the physical things that I can possibly do. And I do all of the spiritual things that I can possibly do that I think is necessary. And it still doesn't work out the way that I expect or desire. But more and more often, the more I get good at disappointment and surprises and trusting in the Lord's plan and timing, I'm just, I'm getting better at poise. And this is because I have come to know who I am and that I have a purpose. Also, I trust and I choose to believe and have faith that there is a great plan of happiness. And because of that great plan, I don't actually have to always know the why of everything. I don't have to control everything. I trust in my creator and his method and plan. So some other examples of people who demonstrated poise that I find 
inspiring are, first of all, Nephi from the Book of Mormon. Guys, that guy had poise. When he was given the nearly impossible task to get the genealogical records from Laban, who was a rich and powerful and very scary man, Nephi kept his poise, even after two very traumatizing failures. He said, the Lord told us to do this. So what's next? What else can we do? What can I do? He just sought after what can I do next? So another example, when his family was in the wilderness and super hangry, and Nephi has older brothers who also had weapons and skills to go hunting and get food for them. Nephi, who is the younger brother, breaks his bow and everyone blames Nephi for not having food. They don't take any other ownership for themselves. And what Nephi does is not get defensive. He never places blame on anyone else, even though, like I said, there were plenty more able-bodied men who could have problem solved for getting them food and going out hunting. Instead, Nephi went out, acted calmly. He made a new bow and arrow out of sticks. And then he remembered, he knew who he is. And knowing his place in the family, he went and asked his father, who, by the way, was also being whiny and hangry and complaining and acting like a victim. But Nephi said, Father, where do you want me to go find food? Nephi actually probably already knew where to go. He had obviously already been the primary hunter, but he wasn't prideful. He was poised and humble. And through his example of poise, his father repented and was able to receive direction from the Lord to tell Nephi where to go. So I truly believe that Nephi is the epitome of poise. He focused on what's the next right thing to do. He didn't tantrum. He didn't complain. He didn't seek revenge. He didn't lash out and say things that he didn't mean or things that maybe he did mean, but from an energy of defensiveness and victimhood. He focused on moving forward. He focused on trusting in the Lord to guide him, trusting that there was a plan and that everything would be okay. The next one that I want to share is Esther. She is my favorite woman from the Old Testament. So she was put in a situation where she has been married to the king, but he may not really even know. And um, the, there's been a kill order on all the Jews and all the Jews are in sackcloth and ashes because they're mourning and really scared that they're all going to be killed. And so she's praying and fasting and preparing for what to do next. And she knew that she needed to go into the king's court and tell him who she was. She was a Jew, and therefore she was also on the kill list, and she was married to him. And also, maybe even to clarify and let the king know what the order was that he had sanctioned, because, well, there's a whole story about that. (laughs) But um, going into the king's court uninvited was not allowed. It was basically a suicide sentence for her. And yet her reply to this reminder when they said, if you go in, they might kill you. You may be walking into suicide. She said, if I perish, I perish. But she knew who she was and she knew her mission and she trusted that the Lord had a plan. She followed through with doing the next right thing without a hint of victim mentality. 
Esther had poise. Poise, especially under pressure, takes major perspective. The perspective that the Lord is in charge. Perspective that while there are things that are out of our control, there are still controllables within the uncontrollable. Okay, the last one I want to share with you is Viktor Frankl, a Holocaust survivor and author of the magnificent book that you need to go read if you haven't read it yet, Man's Search for Meaning. Viktor Frankl had poise. So in his torturous circumstances, he directed his focus to meaning, to having meaning in your life. What gave him purpose to carry on and to live another minute, another hour, another day? He focused on reasons to live. He focused on what he could do next, on what kind of an impact he could have within his situation and circumstances, and what kind of impact and purpose he could offer when the war would finally be over. Poise got Viktor Frankl through the Holocaust. So to sum it up, poise comes from broadening your perspective to what matters most. Asking what is the next right thing, and then doing it. Poise comes from focusing on who you are, or we could even say who you want to be. If you're not sure, right, you can just focus on who do you want to be and what is your mission. And lastly, poise comes from choosing to trust that there is a great plan of happiness and our great and loving creator is in charge. So Elder Bragg says, knowing who you are and being true to your identity, your divine identity, brings calm. More calm, more poise is definitely something that our world could use more of. So if you want help being less reactive, having more poise, knowing who you are, what your mission is, any of those things, I have lots more ideas and tools than just the ones that I've shared in this podcast today. You're welcome to reach out to me to chat or you can sign up for a coaching call. But my friends... Be watchful and stay curious.